Smartcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. KOKW calling. I'm on international frequency. Come in. Up again. Make me want <laughs> <laughs> you know, what is this? What does this represent? Uh, because this isn't just about soda. Hello, beans. This is Dave. And Hello! Don't judge me! Don't judge me! Don't judge me! favorite places on the earth, Montauk Point, Long Island. By the time you listen to this, it probably won't be live, it won't matter. We have uh, one of our friends returning tonight, Eric Powell from 16 Volt, and with me tonight I will have um, Jim Simonic, my buddy, and a lot of you do know him, from Reinforced, as well as just a a great all-around guy who introduces us to lots of new music. These guys are old buddies too, and again, 16 Volt on tonight's Kettle Whistle Radio. Coming at you live from Montauk Point, and uh, let's enjoy a song that actually we picked out, that Jim picked out, all right? This is Reinforced Dichotomy. Enjoy, and thanks for listening, folks. You're not going to die on this roof. <laughs> Take care of her. Until I come for her. This time, he kept the demons at bay, but he knows they will always return to torment him, making him blind to the truth. 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 Thank you. 
this is Dave and Kettle Whistle Radio, minus Heather Taddy, but we have guests with us today. Jim Simonic is here, also hi. known as Jim Semtak. Want to say hi again? Hey! And a very special guest, too, in the background. If you want to introduce yourself, Mr. Eric Powell from 16 Volt. Hello, how are you? Hey, glad to have you back, man. It's been a while. Yeah, thanks for having me back. Appreciate it. Of course, of course. I mean, now, now Heather's not with us this time. The last time she was here, about a year ago, we talked to you. What has transpired since then? <laughs> uh, oh, no. well, first of all, let's talk about Heather for a minute. <laughs> okay. What uh, what happened? Did she get a oh, no, no. abduction, or is she? <laughs> She's fine. Actually, in the third dimension. Uh, Japan, a hunting giant kaiju monsters right now. That's that's what, so yeah yeah third dimension. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> exactly. She was here last week. Uh, she, we've been doing like uh, every other episode because she actually has some stuff going on, which is good. It's always good that she's busy. Um, yeah. But, yeah, you'll talk to her again. Don't worry about that. And she left me a question for you, too, but we'll get to that later. Oh, spooky. Well, if you want to call it that. <laughs> she's, <laughs> she's nuts, but you got to love her. Uh, so, anyway, it's been a year. Uh, what have you been up to? Well, man, there's been a lot of stuff that's happened since the last time we talked. Um, I'd say probably the first chronological item was uh, probably Jamie Duffy. Right. right. Um, so, uh, you know, we... Had a good friend pass, and yes. uh, we put together. Well, I didn't really have anything to do with it, uh, other than saying yes, I would love to be a part of it. But uh, Cold Waves Festival, which was an amazing event, amazing um, in Chicago, and uh, yeah, I mean, it was that. That was a big deal. That was probably one of the highlights of the twenty years I've been doing this. Uh, it was just an amazing, it's, it's amazing been 20 thing. Twenty years. That's that's outrageous. Just to, to say that. It's been 20 years. That's crazy, yeah. you know? I, well, it's, it's, it's probably actually been a little bit more. I mean, our first record came out in 93, but I signed mm-hmm. to Reconstruction in 91. Oh so, you know, there's a good year or two before that. that I was, Jim just grabbed his head and went, oh, my God. I know, right? I know. It's, uh, it's yeah, I'm getting old, man. Nah, you just get nah. better. Don't even look at it that way. Uh, you know, I, I think I brought this up the last time we talked. I forget. But I found you guys. How I found you guys was weird. It was just before I got married. It was 93. Got out of college. And I got this subscription to Huh Magazine, H-U-H. Yeah. And, yeah, the, I forget now what song it was. Was it Motor Skill? Huh. I forget what was on there. It might have been something from Let Down Crush. And did I was like, catch, who are these the guys? <laughs> I did the pun. Huh. Huh. <laughs> Uh, I think it was Motor Skill that was on there. It's unfortunate I didn't get that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it was Motor Skill that was so on too. there. Or something. Yeah, it might have been Hand Over Hand or something. I don't remember. I have that. I still have the comp buried somewhere in a box, but yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it's in the, it, we have it here in this room somewhere. I have all my Huh CDs. But yeah, you were definitely my favorite find from those days. I, I, and you've been one of my favorite bands ever since, if not number. I'll say, I'm going to give you like... Number five, because I can't tell you all the other ones. You'll laugh at me. Well, James I'm, not, I'm not even in my top five. So that's... Why, uh, <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Why is that? A little hard on yourself. Um, yeah. Well, you know, it's weird. There's all these... Yeah, it's funny because, I mean... Well, I mean, we'll talk a little bit more about it, hopefully, in a, in a minute. But we're going to be doing a documentary Perfect. about 16 Volt. And part of that is just the way... It, part of that story is the ways in which people find out about 16 Bolt is is highly unconventional, you know? True, um, true. Uh, it's not like you just, you know, 
I don't know, you don't see us in a lot of press, you don't hear us in a lot of radio, stuff like that, so we always get these funny stories about how people, you know, oh yeah, I was driving with my friend to the airport, and, you know, the door got jammed, and I pulled the CD out, and it was your CD, and <laughs> he thought he'd scratched it, so we put it in to make sure it still played, and I was like, holy shit, who's this, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, there's just all these weird stories, you know? <laughs> yeah, like a dumb magazine where I found it, but hey, it paid off. Then I ran into Jim some years later, and I found out he was, like, this huge fan. I thought he was the only person that knew you guys. And, wow, I mean, there was just a catalog of stuff I had to catch up on. Well, that's good. Yes, and I did. So, this now, what's this documentary you're talking about? Well, yeah, I mean, if you want to kind of go in uh, non-chronological, uh, non-linear order, that's that, that's great. Yeah, so we're doing a, um, we're doing a documentary. We're just kind of getting started out right now. We're, we're writing this I don't want to say it's scripted, but we're sort of writing the timeline right now and um, just trying to remember all the things that have happened <laughs> over these last 20-plus years because we don't want to just go into it like cold, you know. We, we're, uh, we're kind of doing a script for it um, in it's sort of a timeline fashion, I guess, or an outline fashion. Um, so that's going along, and, and we're also starting to contact people to kind of set up some interviews and things like that. Um, and uh so you know we're just doing it low budget we're doing it ourselves uh the it's called uh do it yourself fuck the world the story of 16 volt very nice and uh we we started an indiegogo uh fundraising campaign for it you know to try and get some help with uh being able to you know press up cds and or dvds rather and stuff like that and uh you know obviously the more money we have the better stuff we can do so uh you know, uh, being able to go and interview people and things like that. So, um, so yeah, I mean, we're putting that together and it's going really well within the first couple of days we were like, Whoa, I didn't expect to get that much money right away. I mean, I think we're only up to like $650 or something like that, but that happened within the first like 12 or 20 hours Okay. that we launched it. So yeah, we're not really doing a huge push on that just yet. Cause we still have a bit of work to do, but yeah, I mean, our hope is to have it out probably next year. Um, Eric, you know, I have a question regarding that. The, the interviews um when like do you have a deadline set up for for the interviews not really i mean we're just trying to get them as soon as we can um that way we can sort of start compiling and cataloging cataloging footage you know um, um the uh, get, go ahead oh i was just gonna say you know just getting into our final cut bin and then we can start sort sort of start doing some of that editing and sort of blocking things out as we're kind of going along you know we don't want to just get like a mad rush of them at the end and and uh, rush it, you know. We want it to be like pretty cool, and of and uh, and you know, we're accepting submissions from all all kinds of people. We actually put it out there that we'd love f for the fans and anybody really to send video in about how they heard about Sixteen Bold, or if they have any weird stories. Or, I mean, we've heard stories throughout the years. You know, people that were, you know, that live in the middle of, the, of nowhere trying to get to see us play, and their car broke down, and you know, they had to like catch a ride from the tow truck driver to the show you know just all these weird funny stories and um so we want to kind of include that in there too so there's going to be a whole bunch of fan footage in there too we hope we hope you know people will submit stuff and we, you know we're not looking for like dvd quality studio shots on that kind of stuff um Super even just like yeah iphone you know <laughs> hd is perfect you know whatever cool whatever anybody can send the plan uh and i wanted to run this by you is that um uh, you're such an integral part of uh, my cancer benefit project, uh, Electronic Saviors, that uh, I was going to ask Chase Dudley, who uh, helped me compile those, um, 
and we were gonna maybe sit down and do like a self interview the two of us and talk about you and that would be awesome we were probably yeah, gonna submit that's that. that um you know we really want to i mean obviously you know jimmy like the stuff that we've done with with you on that has been a huge thing for me personally um you know we've talked about it in the past um i've had several relatives you know go through that and, and that's it's actually hit very close to home to me um I had um, skin cancer surgery it was about a month ago. Yeah. I had about a, a dollar coin-sized uh, chunk of my face taken out. Um, <laughs> Can I ask you about that? Like, are you, yeah. are you up for talking about that? Because I kind of, sure. I kind of want to know. Like, is that something you just noticed one day, or you noticed getting bigger, or? Like, did you just see a doctor and like they noticed it, or what? Can you tell me a little bit about that? Well, it started talking to me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, uh, no, you know it's funny. Like I had this little scab on on the side of my face. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Is that going to be a song? <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. My other personality. Moving on. Stab on my face. <laughs> One of my personalities is finally leaking out of my face. Um, no, I got this, I had this little scab on the side of my face and I thought maybe I just like cut myself shaving or who knows, you know, I just had this little scab and it kind of stuck around for a while and I, you know, I'm, it's kind of gross, but you know, I picked, picked at the scab a bit and thought I had eliminated it and it came back hmm. and it was there again for like two weeks and, um, my mom's had skin cancer, so I was kind of like, oh boy. There you go. So I just went and saw my primary care doctor and she took one look at it and she was like, I'm not touching that. I'm going to send you over to the uh, OHSU oh. skin cancer clinic. So went over there and they did a, a what's called a shave biopsy where they just cut like a couple layers of skin off. And um, that came back uh, inconclusive. So I had to go back in and get a, a bigger piece taken out. And I can't remember what the exact name is it uh, name for it is, but it's like a, basically like a little core sample. It's like a punch sample. Okay. And uh, so they did that, and that was like, I think I had like two stitches from that. They just, you know, sewed me back up and sent me on my way. And then a couple days later, she called me back, and she's like, yeah, um, you need to come back in. It's it's uh, cancer, and it's it's grown outside the, the size of the core that we took. So we're going to set you up for, it's called Mohs surgery. Okay. Um, so basically Mohs, they go in and they, they remove the area you know, outside of the cancer growth. And mine was actually more inside underneath the skin than on the surface. Okay. So they took a sample out and then they, they basically put a patch on your face and they send you out and let you wander around for a couple hours and they send it to the lab and then the lab checks to make sure that all the tissue is removed. And in my case it was. So then I just went back upstairs and they did a, it's like four or five stitches inside and then 14 stitches on the outside. So you have a follow up, I imagine. Yeah, I have to go back in in three months. Yeah, yeah, dude, like, I, when I saw that, I, I came into work that morning, and I saw that on Facebook, you sitting in the doctor's office. Yeah. And I, like, lost my shit. I had to, like, <laughs> I had to, like text you. Um, yeah. Because, you know, you know, not to get too emotional or anything, but uh, Eric was, like, one of the first people I talked about the project with. Uh, yeah. They were playing a show at that. Pegasus uh, with Bella Morte, mm-hmm. um, and uh, this it was the day that like it was the day after uh, I finished chemotherapy and radiation. 
So I was like 30 pounds lighter than I am now. I was. You, that, that was the day that you came up with the idea of oh, the electronic saviors yeah. that were all started. Well, it was life. it was in my mind, but you know, having Eric there yeah. had a lot to do with it because yeah. Eric's mm-hmm. been you know a musical influence of mine for fucking ever. No, I know. I don't know. Can Eric, I say fucking? Yeah, of course you can. It's all my right. show. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but actually, Eric should hear the, your interview where we talk about electronic saviors. You go back and listen to that show, man. Uh, Jim gave a really uh, tell-all show. Yeah, it's it's kind of like that day, I think, was pretty pivotal because if Eric wouldn't have said yes, then I probably wouldn't have asked everybody else. Um, it makes sense. You know, like, Eric said yes, and that that was sort of the kick in the ass that mm-hmm. I needed mm-hmm. um, to, you know, I went to Ned from Stromkern and, you know, Jared from Chem Lab and Wade from Christ Analog. And, you know, these are people who haven't really released anything in a while. And I was like, look, man, I I really want to do this. You and, gave him the uh, bug and the passion. Uh, yeah, and, and having Eric, Eric invited me up to sing motor skills Which that night and man. i was absolutely like a physical wreck at that point yeah you know, just just so you guys know i'm no stranger to any of this it's been in my family for so long and i've, t- I've talked about it till i'm blue in the face but what it comes down to sometimes family just isn't the place to go sometimes it's a stranger or it's that person you look up to or that person that just the first person you see yeah becomes that strong point you know because sometimes family can't handle it too uh, well i always felt that 16 volt to me was kind of family because when I had nobody to talk to or or I had, you know, uh, those dark moments where you don't know where to go, you know, I could always turn to the music. And Damn. that was around the time, you know, Full Black Habit came out. So Great I would, you know, I listened to that album and the, the Dark Clans uh, album every day on the way to radiation treatments. And, uh, yeah, so I think whenever my doctor would ask me, you know, what my drive was you know i would always tell him about you know eric's music and and uh how important it was and and by the way eric i'm working on three so, uh, yeah you well, i mean you, you don't even <laughs> you don't even have to ask me anymore i'm just <laughs> i'm in tell the folks what this is about but uh electronic saviors three um it's the last time i'm going to do one of these box sets mainly because the amount of work involved in putting one of these things together is ridiculous and having to coordinate with you know a hundred artists from all around the world uh and uh to get the right flow of you know the last one was six discs eight if you include the premium but um uh, we're gonna we're gonna go back down to four for this one uh dave heckman at metropolis you know he he's been he's been great in supporting the project, the second one raised ten grand for yeah, us. it was awesome. Um, and uh, but you know he kind of he kind of downplayed that. Like he uh, whenever Dave emailed me and told me what the amount was, he was almost apologetic. And I was like, dude, mm-hmm. I was like, don't apologize for. It. He was like, I, the check is embarrassingly low because the portion that came from Metro. You know, I combine that with what we raised right. from from touring on it, and, you know, doing the release parties, which Eric did one out in Portland, and uh, and uh, and what we, uh, you know, basically a combined total. And I was like, don't apologize for, you know, he was 
Eric, you know Dave. He's a pessimist. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's just like, uh, you know, no one buys CDs anymore. He was like, you should scale back the third one. He, he said, he said, you're going to do a if you're going to do a third one, and I hope you do. Where his exact words were, you know, maybe scale it back because six discs was a little much. And you know what? Maybe it was, but uh, it was all good stuff. And I oh just, God, I, I just didn't want to, you know. I'm still stuck on that first one. I can't get past. I mean, it's the so first good. one's gone. The first one uh, yeah, sold out. Yeah, you know, so every song on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unreal. Um, but we got. I mean, when you think of that first one, we got the last. Chem Lab song. Mm-hmm. We got the last. Jason Novak told me the Christ last, a- the last Acumen song, the last Christ Analog song. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, so there's that specialness to it. Oh, definitely. It's just a great collection. I was just telling Eric. I was telling Jim before he got here that we, I never get sick of it. It's in constant rotation in our, in our house, and it just, just love it. It's just, and, and the second one, I'm going to be purchasing that one. So that's that's all there is to that. And we play it on the show all the time. Um, it's, what can I say? I, after all that, I can't really follow that up. Eric, say something. <laughs> yeah, talk about a new album. <laughs> <laughs> Please. Well, I mean, I guess just to, to wrap in my piece of that, you know, like, that's, you know, cancer is a, is a subject that touches everybody. Um, you know, I lost my mother-in-law to it. Uh, I lost my grandmother to it, my grandfather. Uh, you know, I've seen my mom go through a lot of, uh, she's got, you know, melanoma, so you know, it hits really cl- close to home. I think one thing um, about what you were talking about with family, I mean, I think there's sort of two two sides of that. One is there is within, right. with, with, within the release, I mean, to see all those artists come together, especially on the last one, where, I mean, to put together an eight-disc compilation, I mean, that is pretty much an unheard of, like, project, you know? Mm. It's almost like Jim becomes his own mini record label at yep. that point. Indeed. But, but funny but, you should but the say family that. aspect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the family aspect of that, where everyone is just you know putting in their support and um, contributing to that. I mean, it just speaks to the fact that this is a scene with or without the fans. There's a camaraderie that goes between all these artists, even if they're you know don't necessarily like each other's music or whatever. There's a respect and and a camaraderie there that in times of uh, need. Anybody in that sort of scene can get the support that they need to accomplish something, you know? Well put, um, yeah. On the flip side of that, uh, and I don't mean anybody, that that's not really the case. I mean, people with specs, you know, people have been a big part of it and done something special, which obviously Jim has. Um, you know, the other side of that, too, is with family. Sometimes it's good to not have support from, or, or to not have all your support come just from your family, because your, your family has a tendency to kind of, like keep you embedded in the issue that you're in you know yeah and so for me what's so special about that release is that it kind of gets out of that mode thinking and gets you back to what it is you get enjoyment from you know rather than dwelling on the issue and having family members constantly ask you if you're okay or you know can i do anything for you it just that release as its own entity it just kind of like you know gets you out of space so i think that's you know, one of the coolest things about it. Um, I don't know, you know, I'm honored to be a part of it, and I'll do it as long as Jim is doing it. I'll do whatever I can for it, you know? Yeah, he's doing that and more right now. You you have something else going on, right, Jim? You yeah, spoke, yeah you Eric, hear this. Eric, you might want to talk me out of this one. <laughs> I, uh, I, did, I did start a record label. Um, I only have one release out so far. 
Um, but Bart and Dave over at WT2 took me on as sort of a a sub-label, I guess. Um, That's cool. And uh, got me the distribution through Nail and everything. So Boxed Warning, the co-creator of Electronic Savior's Chase, um, he has a, a, a dark ambient uh, project that he did. So uh, I put that out, and it's doing all right so far. But uh, we signed the Dark Clan from Milwaukee. Oh, that's cool. And, uh, yeah, so we're hopefully going to, I mean, I only want to, I want to keep it small right now and just see how it does, but, you know, people got to be insane to start a label in this day and age, but, uh, (laughs) you know, I don't want to do it for money. It's never been about money for me, and uh, it's, you know, uh, I just want to do what I love. Basically, I'm coming up on five years here um, uh, after my tests next week, and i got to do as much as I can because you never know when you're going to go, and, uh, you know, wherever you end up after this, you you might have regrets, and I don't want to have that. And, uh, right. You know, i uh definitely going to include that in the essay for three is that, you know, all you guys have been really, like, there, like angels, uh, on my shoulder, you know, like, coaching me or kicking me in the ass when I needed it, and, and, uh, and so... I don't know where I'm going with this, but uh, <laughs> it's making sense. It's making sense. Uh, yeah. No, it's it's. Uh, I don't. I want to do as much as I can while I'm here, and that's if I'm able to uh, recognize talent uh, from bands that I bring to town or have open for shows. Um, we signed a, a band called Shutterdown from here, from Pittsburgh, a uh, female-fronted electronic group that are fantastic. And, um, you know, I, I want to be able to, to have sort of an outlet for creativity where it's not going to be like a control, you know, like record label corporate control entity, which I'm sure, you know, Eric's been through <laughs> They're back. They're back a, again. a ton of experiences like that. Um, well, yeah, twice, twice is enough. Yeah. So I, you know, I have no desire to, to take the rights away from the musicians, um, and just want to basically help them get their stuff out there. So that's the whole motivation. And that's what you've always done. I mean, you're the one that introduced me to half the stuff I listen to these days. Make you, you know. go broke at Ides. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was one, it was once every two weeks on payday, you know, I'd buy like three CDs. Dave but would I, come in and I'd be like, you need this, this, and this. <laughs> <laughs> and he would, too. He totally did. Of course, your stuff was thrown in the mix, too, which worked out pretty well for me. I sold so much 16-volt <laughs> over the years, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it piled around Jim as he's speaks in my room right now <laughs> oh man but let's talk about that too 16 ball you have uh something coming up we could talk about any uh a release or i know there's an yeah. album in the works we've got a lot of stuff going on so i mean you know we spoke about the documentary yeah um are you guys hearing an echo or is that just on my end that's just you okay <laughs> <laughs> we can always redial you sound pretty good i better go get that thing looked at again um <laughs> So, uh, how's yeah, Mike's uh, hair? Cold Waves was a huge, huge, <laughs> awesome thing that we we were uh, able to be a part of last September. Um, you know, one of my lifelong dreams came true uh, during that time, which was I got to play with um, the Revolting Cox minus Al. Yeah, oh, that man. was awesome. That was so awesome. Oh, that was so awesome. Yeah, it was, it was. You know, like when I got the when I got the call and I found out I was doing it. I had I had the Revco tattoo on my arm within about 
a day. (laughs) (laughs) I wondered about that. I was like, did all you guys have to get tatted for? Because that was always a kind of a tradition, you know. And uh, I I always wanted to have one because for me, that was really the start of all this. For me, was was really just getting into Revco and which album in particular. Uh, you know, the first thing I ever saw was, uh, You Goddamn Son of a Bitch there live. You go. Nice. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. Live at and the I Metro, just, right? I saw that and I was just like, this is, this is it, man. This is what I'm going to do. So, I mean, here I am 20 years later and I'm, you know, looking to my left and there's Chris Conley and Paul Barker, you know, and I'm just like, well, this is insane. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, it was even more insane rehearsing with them. That was like, you know, but to be up on stage and then to get the honor of being able to sing, you know. Uh, attack chips was, yeah. I mean, just mind blowing. You know, being able to sing attack chips on fire in front of eight hundred people in Chicago. That was know. yeah, that was fantastic. I a... <laughs> that was an unforgettable experience that night. Um, I can't believe it all happened in one night. Yeah, I mean, man, you know, I don't know how it did either. I mean, it just go- it just goes to show again. The family aspect of all that, you yeah. know, all the guys involved from, you know, Dave from WT2 to Novak, you know, put that whole thing together pretty much. Yeah. I mean, just every person from the sound guy to the door people to, you know, the text on stage to the rehearsal studio that helped us out. I mean, everybody was just down the, the whole deal. And it, it was like by far one of the best experiences I've ever had. And also one of the most tragic, you know? Yeah. And yeah. That, that, that's the hardest part about it, you know, with, with Jamie's passing. I mean, that was a day, or that was a week, you know, filled of just, like, up and down emotions all over the place, you know? I was... One minute we'd all be smiling and hugging each other, and then two seconds later, you know, one guy would walk off and he'd have tears pouring down his face. And, you know, it was a, it was a tough deal. Backstage kind of had this, like you know, wave of, of, you know, people being excited to see each other and hang out. And then all of a sudden the heaviness of Jamie not being there would, would all hit us. And, you know, it would quiet and somber. It was just a you know, bizarre, horrible thing. And, you know, um, but that said, I mean, to see all those people come together for that cause was, you know, it was awesome. And I think one of the best things about it was just seeing Jamie's mom's face, you know? Yeah. yeah. And just seeing her so proud of her son, you know? Um, and so proud of all the bands that, that she was involved in, too. I mean, there was years where every time we went through Chicago, we stayed at her house, you know? And she'd make us breakfast and give us a pack of cigarettes if we were low and, you know... <laughs> We'd get there, and all the couches would be made into beds. You know, she's—it's just—it was just awesome. I don't want to go on too much. About it's all that, right. But, no, but it's uh, important that we do tell uh, folks that aren't aware, like Jamie Duffy, the history of and you know where he started with her, with the whole deal with you. Yeah. So I mean, based on what happened uh, at the Bottom Lounge, you know, we sold—it um, was a sold-out show at Bottom Lounge in Chicago, literally standing room only, to the point where. They just couldn't let anybody else in. Wow. Um, and we sold, you know, I think we had like 50 VIP tickets. Those sold out within like, I think, 40 minutes or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I remember. Um, so we were just like, you know, uh, Jason Novak, myself, and Dave from WT2, and Dan Neat from Clay People were oh, still wow. talking about the year, kind of half joking, like, we got to do something with this, you know? Should we uh, do a tour, you know, or should we, like, what do we want to do? So, the, the 
to skip all the uh, extracurricular talk, we decided to try and make this into a yearly festival. So, um, coming up in, I think it's, what, 109 dates from now or something like that? Yeah, September. Uh, we have two days at Metro Chicago. Um, let's see, September 27th and 28th. And the uh, lineup is great. We have two nights. And it's like Frong is playing. Uh, we're doing the Revolting Cox thing again. Eric, Eric, we're losing. We're losing you a little bit. We're going to have to do a redial here. Hold that thought, okay? Yeah. All right. Feedback! Feedback. That does sound pretty cool, though. All right, hold on a second. Okay, we're back with Eric Powell from 16 Volt and uh, Jim uh, Simonics. You, yeah, you yeah. don't have to repeat any of that. Yeah, I do, actually. Way. You don't understand. People forward through these things, and they, they wonder who I'm talking to halfway through because they, they want to hear the music or whatever. So, you know, what are you going to do? Pilfering maniacs. But so we got Eric back here. You know, it happens every time we Skype over in the West Coast, and sometimes Canada too. They just fade out. But it's good. To, it's you should know that right now Jim is enjoying chicken parmesan right now. So good, <laughs> so good. Well, yeah, we we buy our talent dinner here. <laughs> I didn't get dinner. I know. <laughs> well, you're invited, man. I mean, it's <laughs> I'll, I'll eat enough for the both of us, Eric. But you were yeah. just you were just saying something, man. I, I have to. I, I want the people to hear this one, I, whether they care or not. This is for me. You said something about Iron Lung Corp. Well, yeah. So just in case there was some problems with the, and, and I'll, I'll I'll make it shorter than I did last time, in case there were some problems with the transmission there. So with Cold Waves, you know, it's this festival we're going to try to put on every year. Um, this will be the second year we're doing it, so it's Cold Waves two. It's in Chicago, September twenty seventh and twenty eighth. I mean, we really need people showing up for this thing because if we can keep doing this, it's only going to get bigger and better. And uh, we had a ton of really big artists that were interested this year. We just couldn't really afford to get them out there. Um, Believe me, it's it's lined up right now that if this year goes well, it's it's going to get way cooler and way better. Not not to just downplay what we're doing right now because it's still really cool, but. You know, I mean, this could potentially be the Lollapalooza of uh, the industrial scene here. Um, we wish, we wish. I, I, is this you're talking like a three day thing or what? A weekend right, or? Yeah, I mean, right now we have two days, so we have Friday and Saturday okay. at Cabaret Metro in Chicago, and you can go to coldwaves.net to check it out, um, and you can buy tickets there. We have some cool VIP packages and things like that put together. But I mean, for this year, we've got like Prong, uh, Revolting Cox. Are you kidding? Which actually. We're not calling the Revolting Cox for legal reasons, but it's Cox members. Cox members, and, uh, which is innuendo <laughs> by itself. I love it. Right. Cox members, yeah. That was Chris Conley. He's, he's got those kind of fun, fun <laughs> things. Uh, Douglas J. McCarthy, uh, 16 Volts playing. Um, Darmart's house coming back, doing a reunion show there. Uh, screw. Accu Crack. Wait a second. Wait, wait, wait. Rewind. Did you say Screw. I said screw. Oh Adam my god! Grossman and screw is coming, and they're playing. Oh my god! Um, I I thought it was the only person that owned all four of those discs, man. And uh, two of I'm which I got from Jim. St- <laughs> yeah, I'm super stoked about that. There's a couple other great surprises, wow. and well, so we're also going to do an Iron Lung Corporation set. Um, we're working on a new Iron Lung Corporation record right now, uh, which has some great tracks on it. I mean, like we're doing some cool covers. Big Black Nemesis is a cover we're doing. Front two four do don't crash. We're doing eighties, you know, by Killing Joke. Oh, you're killing me right now. Yeah, it's going to be really cool. And uh, Hate Department's playing another one of my huge, like, super stoked to see this happen. The Evil Mothers are doing a set. Mm-hmm. 
you know, Chris Mackey's Sorry, project from way back, so Jim, that's really cool. Jim has a mouthful of spaghetti right now. I haven't seen them right since now. the 90s. <laughs> I know. Nobody has, right? Um, Clay People, Biles doing a set, Nesh. Wow. Is doing a set. I mean, it's just the whole thing is going to be just off the hook. And um, I think I'm booking a gig for yeah, Bile and Enesh uh, on the way to on their way to Cold Waves. I think I'm booking them uh, here in Pittsburgh. Awesome. Yeah, that's cool. And I mean, uh, another cool thing about it, because of you know the the uh, how the whole idea of this festival was born was through Jamie. Um, we've teamed up with a, a organization called Hope for the Day. Um, so some of the pros. Seeds are going to hope for the day. Uh, it's a non-profit, uh, a non-profit organization That's right. uh, that ed- educates youth uh, by using music. Um, as a defense mechanism against suicide. So wow. that's really the goal there is just to keep that sort of, you know, um, trying to do some, give something back through it, you know, and, and do something great with it. So that's a whole big, huge thing that's going to be really fun. Um, so, yeah, for album-wise, I mean, we've got the Iron Lung Corporation thing that we're working on. Um, we are working on a new 16-volt right, record right now. Yes, is there um, anything new you're releasing prior to that, song-wise, or something we're going to hear before the album's out there? No, but we are going to play some some of the new songs um, at the Cold Wave show. Cool, cool. Um, I mean, I don't know if you can hear. I can. I might be able to play you a little something. This is the first time we've ever played any of this, so tell me if you can hear this. Yeah, please do, because all I hear is Jim eating right now. Okay. <laughs> Can you hear that? Yeah, yeah, very good, actually. Yeah. All right, so here, this is, I'll give you just a couple little little rough samples, and nobody's heard these except for the band and immediate family members. So exactly. this is an exclusive. Do you know what blue balls is? Uh, yes, I do. You just, Here, gave, you, you just gave that to my ears. <laughs> uh, so if you're cool with it, I'll give you a couple, uh, just a couple more little little snippets. Yeah, 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 yeah.
got that. Oh, uh, damn killing you! Me. You're killing me. I'm playing with the levels the whole time, like trying to get the. I, this is how big a fan I am of 16 volt. I knew when it was going to kick in, and I immediately had to turn my levels down. That's pretty freaking good. Jim saw me do it too. All right, one one more little one. This one's kind of a heavy one, but yeah. Damn it! It's wait, Christmas in June. How long do I have to wait for this? Yeah, seriously. Well, I think we're trying to get things done uh, within the next, you know, season. Okay. <laughs> uh, Mike's actually going to come up to Portland for I think a month or so to try and get a bunch of this stuff done um, next month. So I mean, we're we're trying to hope we're really hoping to get to a point by like at least winter, um, where where we have you know stuff in the final stages. So, uh, again, probably next year. Cool. We're aiming for next spring. Yeah, I, I want to awesome. ask you, um, Eric, too, um, like, have you, other than life itself, like, are you reading anything, any horror, anything that's, like, what's provoking, the, like, your the new style, the, not style, but your new songs right now? Is there new anger? Is there just new, are, is there something happy that's making you do it? Like, uh, we talked about Ghost last time, which was phenomenal. What a great story <laughs> that was. I love that story. But, you know, uh, it's a, it's a mixture of stuff, really. Um, you know, uh, one th- one thing. Well, I I, I got divorced. Uh, <laughs> great catalyst uh, for songwriting. Yeah, I got divorced about uh, two years ago. We separated, and <laughs> he disappeared. It's been a really, oh, really tough divorce. Really bitter and gnarly. So there's a lot of anger from that. <laughs> okay. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of fun stuff too. I mean, I've. One thing I've really been doing a lot this year is uh, we kind of wanted to take a break after after our last, you know, after Cold Waves, basically, we just decided let's take, you know, at least six months just to, like, do our own thing for a while, because since 2007, I mean, we've been going, 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 so we really just kind of wanted to, you know, take a little break, so I've been spending quite a bit of time riding my motorcycle and riding with a group of guys and stuff, so that's been kind of inspiring to do, just to, like, highway, you know, fucking burning smoke, you know. <laughs> Eric's a biker. <laughs> Pedal to the metal. You need like, to play 31st Street Pub, man. Yeah, you do. Yeah, bro. That is that kind of venue. It is. Yeah. It really is. You'd like yeah, it. You know, there's a big community here for that. There's a lot of bikers here, and, you know, I've become friends with a lot of them, and it's just been a lot of fun um, riding in big packs and stuff like that. You know, it's it's given me a lot of inspiration for just like getting out on the road and like you know just going fast and just making some fun fast rock. You know, <laughs> you know, I want to ask you, Eric. I'm going to make this a regular thing when you come on here uh, to decipher a song for me, and whether you can or not, that's something else. But um, going back, some dreams that rot your mind. Uh, where did that come from? Oh, dreams that rot in your heart. Rot in your heart. I'm sorry, they rot oh, to my okay. mind. Um. Let me try and recall, but you know what? I, it's I feel like Aussie sometimes. I don't feel so bad now. I don't feel so bad. 
Like how old? How old were you when you started Sixteen Volt? Like how? We, we, were you like? Which 19? song is that? that you're That's talking on Let Down Crush. Yeah. <laughs> uh, man, you know, back high school, really, school. So I was probably like around nineteen when I started kind of putting stuff together, and I just turned forty-two. So. Oh, me too. People said I should have stopped a long time ago. I don't think no. so. No, like, no, 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 no. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah. That's crazy talk. I no. think some of your best work was from the last, like, three records. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I love going I, back, though, and that's why I'm asking you this one. And, of, of course, messing up the title and screwing up Jim's name. It's just something I do on my own show. <laughs> but uh, it's a regular thing with me. So, do you, you don't remember what that... All right. Now, I have a really big question for you. You said you stopped playing Two Wires Thin. Because you got tired right. of it. It wasn't there anymore. Did that happen again with another song? Or is there is it another song that is rejuvenated since? Well, to answer your first question, so Dreams Are Rotten Your Heart, I mean, that song is really a, mostly about someone who, like, lies to you in the context of, say, a relationship. Okay. And it's about, it's about knowing what the truth is while watching the other person tell you a lie, you know? Hmm. That's basically what it's about. It's like, I have the information already. I know what actually happened. I'm going to see you explain it to me, and I'm going to blow, blow up your bullshit, basically, you know? That's fantastic. I like that. I never put that together. It's just an angry song that I loved. I just always loved it. Yeah, it's it's, it's about being angry with someone, <laughs> <laughs> knowing what the truth is, and putting them through the paces of trying to explain something that's bullshit. You're going to call on it. Um, I mean, there's a lot of songs that we have in our catalog that just don't really work live. Right, um, anymore. You, you said you were tired of uh, Two Wires Thin, which is amazing to hear that you're tired yeah. of that. But you have so much more now. It's like... I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say I'm tired of it. I mean, I, I, that's still one of my favorite songs. Um, it's just, you know, in the pacing and stuff that we do now, and things have just reached a much more modern level for us that we go play that song. It just feels really out. Ace. That's what you said. That's what I meant. Yeah, you said that. Yeah, yeah it just it wasn't there anymore. Um, but I still want to hear it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we get requests for it all the time. We actually tried to redo it to try to make it kind of like more modern sounding, more up to pace with the other stuff that we have, and it just didn't work. It took away that whatever it has. You know, you can't redo something that's already there, and you know, we we just couldn't capture the magic of it again. And we we actually got we programmed it for live, and then. We, you know, had it in our set, and during rehearsals, we were doing it. We were really trying to make it happen, and I think one, of the, like maybe the third or fourth time through the set together, we all just kind of stopped it, and we kind of looked at each other and went, "Man, this one just feels like it's just not right. It's That's, just not." Yeah. You said that last year, and I, it, it struck me as uh, very honest, and I, I appreciated that. It's really kind of funny. I walked into Ides where Jim works, uh, well, way back when. And I was looking for the latest Screw album, and um, I, I wanted something heavy. I was like, Jim, I'm in a bad mood. I need something heavy. And that's when he produced you know, Let Down Crush. He's like, this song, Two Wires Thin, man. This is this is good. This is headbanging music. I was like, all right, all right I'll take that one. I'll, I'll buy that one. That was going back 12 years now, or 10 years at least. I, uh, 96 yeah. is when that came out. Oh, my out. God. Well, I got it in yeah, 2000. It was, yeah, it was yeah. Uh, years after it came out. I got out. it in 2000, yeah. It was, it was when it was sort of almost going out of print. Yeah, on, on recon. That's how he sells things to me. This is going out of print. You should buy it now. <laughs> yeah, I, I still do that. He still does it. <laughs> yeah. Idiot stare. That's how I got the the last one too. And I do like it. Good if, stuff. It, um, I have a question. If uh, if you were going out on another tour to support the next record, which who, we will, who's the band that you want to take out? 
Fantastic as, question. Like, an opener. Oh Jesus! Or what's a band that you would want to open for that you haven't yet? That's probably an easier question. Well, we got to do both. Uh, you know, man, there's so many bands. I mean, oh man, it doesn't even have to be a scene band. I mean, it, it, yeah, no, it wouldn't be. To be honest with you, I mean, there's a there's a handful that I would be like, that's a good package. That would be fun. I mean, you know, Mushroomhead or, uh, you know. I mean, there's a handful of bands um, to put together a package tour. But if we were going to go out, like, opening up for, like, a band that's much bigger than us, you know, I mean, it's always been a dream of mine and Mike's to go out and play with Deftones. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> that, would, that would make sense, actually. That'd be awesome. Yeah, that's. I think that would be such a great one. Another one is Filter. Oh, uh, they another just, favorite. They just released a new record. Yeah, I, I, I mean, you know, Richard's like he's he he has no interest in this industrial scene really anymore. Really? Like, is that true? Although, he's done. Although I'll say he was recently spoken to about some things coming up in the future, so that may be different. <laughs> but um, uh, if you backtrack our conversation, that might make more sense. But um, and uh, you can uh, whatever. Anyway, so um, <laughs> we've uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, we've we've tried to get in that door, you know, to to open up for them, and it just. You know, it's unfortunate a lot of times with when you're dealing with bands on, at that scale, it's not even really the bands that have the say-so in what happens. It's usually the booking agents, you know. Yeah. They have another band on their roster, or they have, you know, a favor they owe somebody, or a label is coming along, they have a machine behind them, and they're saying, oh, yeah, you can take out that band, but um, we'll pay you, you know, 50 grand to be on the tour. Well, 50 grand, that covers our tour bus, so thanks. We'll take them out, you know. Um but I mean, those those are two like off the top of my head. I I mean, that would be really cool. I mean, I think just for weirdness, it would be really fun to go out with like uh, you know Queens of the Stone Age or something. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's some obvious ones. I don't you know, Nails. I kind of have like this sort of love hate thing going you know because I feel like Trent is kind of like more of a hipster now than he is anything yeah. else. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> you know, but but he still puts on such a fucking amazing show. Yes, he does. Um, yes, he does. Uh, you know, another one I really, I, I, you know, <laughs> I don't necessarily enjoy the records all that much. Uh, I definitely think they're cool and I, and I definitely think they, they do what they're supposed to do. Uh, you know, Combi Christ, uh, oh, I wow. love Combi Christ live. Oh, uh, okay. they, they puts on a puts great on show. Amazing yeah. show. And, you know, they kind of have taken a little bit more of a guitar direction of late. So that seems like it might, might be a cool package. I, uh, I got a band for you, Eric. <laughs> Excuse me, there are regulars on the show here. Um, I, I may mention uh, Razorblade Dolls. Have you ever listened to them? Texas? Yeah, that, yeah, it's another great band. They're a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I'm more, you know, just because it's in my my world of thinking, I, I usually, you know, try to think more of packages rather than like, let's chase this like going out and opening up for a bigger band because nowadays, because the attendance is down and you know, there's a lot of problems with doing live shows. The really the only way to get on bigger tours is to do buy-ons. And yeah. for those who don't know what that means, basically you have to pay to play on these tours. So, um, you know, if you were to want say, I mean, there's a lot of bands that say, oh, I'm going to go out with KMFDM. Well, you know, you better be prepared to have $20,000 to, to yeah. buy on to the tour uh, at the least. You know, I mean, even a band of KMFDM size, they're looking for buy-ons. It's, you know. I've heard that story about You know, it's between, you know, I mean, I'm going to give you a very wide range because I'm, I'm not going to tell you what they're looking for, but it's. You know, between ten to fifty, sixty thousand dollars to get on get on those size of tour, even of that size. Even with Combi Christ, I mean, they're you know they're looking for the buy-ons, and if unless you have the you know 
support behind you, which thankfully we do with Metropolis, but it's got to be um, the right situation, you know, for yeah. Metropolis to want to invest in I, us I in think, that way. I think uh, as an opening band for you, if, uh, if you want my opinion, uh, would be, I think a, a, a good opener for you guys would be Everything Goes Cold. Yeah, they're they're doing cool too. Yeah, I mean, you know, I know Eric and stuff. That's another great band. He was um, just uh, in town keyboarding for uh, Area. We had Project Pitchfork and Area on Tuesday, and uh, attendance was good on that. Um, we've done a number of shows over the last two three months where attendance has either been way down or way up, like more than expected. So I'm sure. Yeah, it's weird. You know, I mean, too. I one of my good friends out here is he's basically like the industrial promoter in Portland and. You know, Derek. I've pretty much been involved in, like, all the shows he's doing in one way or another. When McCarthy was playing the other night, you know, I showed up just before Douglas went on, and um, he walked up to me and said, hey, I have to go somewhere. Can you pay the band out tonight? And he handed me a, you know, a money bag to pay the band. <laughs> <laughs> I've been dealing with it, you know, on the promotion side a little bit, too. And, um, yeah, man, it's like, you know, you'd think, okay, Douglas McCarthy, that's a sure bet. There really wasn't that many people there. It was a Saturday night. It was probably 45, 50 people here in Portland. Um, whereas like, uh, you know, Derek, uh, the promoter here, he just had, um, uh, who was it that just, uh, I, I'm sorry, the name is just dropped right on my, right out of my head, but he hasn't toured in a while. He just did a tour. Um, uh, shit. What fucking band is it? He caused a lot of controversy when he was booking it. I mean, in any case, you know, you Velvet think, Acid well, Christ? What's that? Velvet Acid Christ? Exactly. Yes. Uh, you know, that was sort of like, well, who knows how that's going to do. I mean, you know, let's count on 50 people. But it was like a great show. There was a shit ton of people there. And it's really weird. You know, it's hard to figure out on the promotion side. Like, Oh, yeah. I did yeah. Uh, Dope Stars, Inc. a couple weeks ago. Oh, what happened with that? Um, I meant to ask it, you. it did very well. They and showed they, up. They've never... Well, yeah, we thought, a fear we thought the, yeah. the show would be canceled because we didn't get news that the tour was a definite thing until right. just a few weeks before the show i That's guess due to, due to you know visa stuff they're from italy but they're like the sweetest dudes and uh, did, did i was shocked i was shocked that they're i mean they did they did like 60 people on a wednesday and that's not so bad. I mean, the pub it's not was, bad these days. Yeah, the pub was packed. I mean, uh, for yeah. a band playing their first show in Pittsburgh yeah. with no prior, All right. you know, uh, but did shows, they do better not to joke? Did they want better not to joke? That's a big one. That's a big, that's a big song. Man. I don't know. They, I, they didn't do it. I, guess. I have to do promoter stuff. I can't always watch ah. the bands. <laughs> it's a good song. I'll jump on stage with them. Ah. Right, right, Eric. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, I did. Well, so you know, uh, Jason Novak's band Czar. Yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. So, uh, you know, admittedly, didn't pay much attention to it uh, for a couple of years, and then they they were just playing here in Portland, and they stayed at my house and all that stuff, and I I ended up actually doing their front of house sound, and so I finally was like, why haven't I? Why didn't I take the time to listen to this before? Like, I it was really fucking great. Yeah. Um. But you know that being said, I was doing sound, so I was super focused on doing sound. When you're when you're the promoter on a show, you know you're super focused on what's going on with the show, and you know all of a sudden you're the show's over, and you're like, God, I didn't even get to see any yeah, of it. Yeah, you know? exactly. I've had that, <laughs> and that kind of sucks sometimes. But you know that that's the business. That's the business of it. Yeah, and I mean, you know, it's I guess that's a good segue into like, or it's it's a good sort of like. Um, you know, red flag for, for fans of this genre or any subgenres of music. It's like, you know, record sales are 
kind of gone right now. I mean, you said it yourself earlier, you know, Dave Heckman, record sales are down. Nobody's yeah. buying records. Um, I mean, there are hardcore fans out there who still want CDs and buy CDs. That's, <laughs> I'm still doing that's it. for sure. Yeah. Um, but it's not enough to sustain. Like, you can't release an album and hope that that's going to carry you on you know, into a tour, and if the tour's not doing great, well, that's okay, We, you know, we've got sales. I mean, people just don't really buy records that much exactly. these days. And, and that's that's happening with shows, too. You know, you're seeing people being a lot more fickle about it, and I, I mean, I think a lot of it has to do with the economy and things like that. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's definitely like a down time right now. Uh, people aren't going out to shows as much, and it's it sucks because, you know, a lot of bands are starting to pass through. I mean, Portland's kind of starting to get a little bit of a reputation of a of a city that doesn't support the bands that come through. So we've seen that here, though. We've seen that. Yeah, here. it yeah. can it's, bounce it's back. Over. It's it's happening all over. And you know, anybody who's listening to this, you know, even if you have a little bit of an interest in a band, if you want to keep seeing shows, you got to go out and and go see the shows. You know, because thank you. Yes. Thanks it's, for saying that. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, it's going to go away. It just it is. It's just going to go away. It's not uh the it's not even the band's choice really. It's And I I wanted to ask know, even you this, for us at this point, you know, on on this perspective um and and being someone that that books live music here in Pittsburgh and this is now my 13th year of doing it. Um I am seeing almost zero touring activity for for the industrial scene this summer and i was wondering what you thought about that and if you thought it was attributed to the festivals that are happening because it seems like well there's triton in new york city there's cold waves in chicago kinetic just happened and now there's well there's terminus in calgary and it mm-hmm. seems like a lot of bands are jumping on these festivals because it's probably a bigger payday and not as much expense as as a full-blown tour would be and i'm seeing zero tours this summer yeah i'm not sure it's a bigger payday because uh you know you know you've toured jim you know the longer you stay out the more money you make because the 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 amount of money it costs to start up a tour even just to do like you know day one is your most expensive day you know and and the only way to recoup the money is to stay out as long as possible because your expenses start to go down you know you the van deposit or if you have a tour bus you know all those expenses you know they start to get paid for later on in the tour so if you're only going out for a show or two or three shows the amount of expense for that is unless you're a band who lives they all live in the same city and you know it's not that big of a deal then yeah sure uh but i mean the paydays i think only if you know the top headliners are getting paid on those kind of shows and the 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 festivals are really just covering people's travel expenses so it's kind of like hey why not you know They'll fly us out there on Friday, you know, get off work, and then we'll cruise out and then play the show Saturday and have a great time. Guaranteed that there's going to be people there. And I think that's probably the biggest draw for bands is that, like, hey, you know, we don't have to jump in the van and go, you know, grovel around playing for 20 people and hoping that we're going to be able to freaking, you know, afford to put gas in the van tomorrow. You know, our our costs are covered. We can just fly out, play a show where there's going to be at least 500 to 1,000 people, and, you know, it just makes it way more worthwhile do you do you attribute that to why there's not a whole lot of tours happening or do you think people are waiting for that fall rush um you know i think for this summer i definitely think it's a big part of it has to do with what happened last fall and last summer on tours you mean with too many going out and conflicting with each other 
There was that for I, sure. I got and hit I, with uh, Assemblage 23, Imperative Reaction, and Angel Spit all within three weeks of each yeah, other. Yeah, see, what happened was I'm sure that none of those shows did that well. They were, let me see if I recall, they were break-evens, and Angel Spit actually was, was uh, a good one. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I mean, I know with Angel Spit, you know, Carl was like, super stressed out after that last tour and i don't think it's true i'm sure he'll get the bug back but he was saying like that was his last tour he's not going to do it anymore you know um with imperative you know i i had heard through the grapevine this may not be true but um you know they were like this is it this is the last thing we're doing just because of the frustration of being out there and yeah you know it's such a hard job and the only thing that makes it worthwhile is when there's people there with you having fun yeah and again that's not to discredit the 10 people who or 20 people, you know, if only 10 people show up to a show, you still got to play, you know, those 10 people paid the same amount as, yep. you know, a thousand would. I agree. But from a, from a performance aspect, you know, after you've played shows where there's been a hundred people, 200 people or a thousand people or whatever to go and play a town where there's only 40 people showing up, it feels like you're failing, you know? Yeah. And, um, it doesn't, it's not good for morale by any means. So I think, and, and with that, that, that actually, um, that, that transfers over to booking agents. And I mean, we've seen, you know, in this scene right now, booking agents that were around have all dropped off. You know yeah. I mean? Uh, our booking agent is gone. So we don't even have a booking agent right now. Um, you know, the next level up of booking agents, they really want bands that are young and are willing to just get in the van and go out for nine months. But do they, do they support them at all? I mean, do they give them enough to get to do that? Well, the booking agent doesn't, but they make they make a percentage off of each show. Yeah. Yeah. You know, booking agents generally tend to 20%. Mm. Um, so they want out there. You know, they want playing and playing and playing. So, I mean, it's a really rough spot right now. Yeah, yeah. I, I wanted to. I wanted to ask you this though. The last time I talked to you, really, because I, I surprised the heck out of me. I had a great night on Netflix one night, and I, I came across this industrial documentary that you were on. And, the Nine Inch Nails. Yeah, yeah. Nine, <laughs> yeah. What? What? I mean, how, how did that come about? And is there more? Did I? Is there something else I missed after that? Jared's on there too. Jared's on there. Yeah, yeah. Jared. <laughs> <laughs> I was riding a circuit through the. <laughs> Covered in, slowly engulfed in silver sparkled smoke, carrying me through the simplex faction of it. No, I'm just Exclusive. I fucking uh, love Jared. Yes. <laughs> I've always said Jared is like the Iggy Pop of industrial. Yes, yes, yes he, he is. is. But now I, he's now not can't say that because I think Iggy's kind of like it's his his deal is over. <laughs> that, that's uh, Jared from ChemLab, of course, folks. For all you novices out there, but Jared's how, awesome. How did that come about? Like you got onto that. I, I mean, who called you on that one? Um, as far as like booking you to get on a documentary for industrial music like that. That that was so wild. That was the best part of it that you were on it for me. It was a nice surprise. <laughs> yeah, for us too. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, You're like I that. hated that record when I first heard it. <laughs> <laughs> to throw it away. Uh, well. <laughs> Yeah, oddly enough, I mean, that, that documentary was supposed to be a very pro Nine Inch Nails documentary. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just was like, I'm going to be honest, man, you know? I mean, so with that, they basically, uh, producers got hold of me. I have a speaking suspicion. There's some book that's out. It's like the family tree of 
alternative music or something, and you know the Nine Inch Nails branch were on that somewhere. So the producers got a hold of me and asked me if I'd be interested in doing it. And fuck, whatever, I'll do it. You know. Glad you did, man. That was that was great. It was so cool to see you on there. Uh, and yeah. I, I, although well, you you were on the then, same show as uh, Richie Patrick, was that an issue? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I'm just kidding, here, man. I love Richie uh, Patrick. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, they they flew out here to Portland, you know, and yeah. interviewed me. And they interviewed me for about an hour, and uh, we talked a lot about 16 Volt and stuff like that. That was, like, for me, the big disappointment was, like, they didn't really give any information on who the hell I was, <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, unless you know of 16 Volt, you're like, who's this dude, you know? <laughs> yeah, like I uh the same I think with the Jared excerpts, like they didn't say, Oh hey, this is the band that oh was the opener on the Pretty Hate Machine tour. Yeah, right. Right. You know, they didn't even mention that. I was like, why yeah. wouldn't they mention that? It, it, yeah, ridiculous. I think it was you know, in all yeah, I don't think it's a very good documentary. No, they they left a lot of stuff out. I mean, if you're talking about you know the the roots of of industrial and where it was in the seventies and eighties. There were there were names that that were totally left out. I yes. I didn't see any mention of Frontline or Thrill Kill Cult in there. Right, right. you're right. You know, uh, I mean, basically to be just blunt and frank and put it on Front Street, <laughs> I think those guys who put that together didn't really know what the fuck was going on with anything. I think just new ninety cells and knew they could put out this documentary. People would watch on Netflix. You know, this is the part of the show where I hang up on the guest because he has to redial, um, and we're gonna plug some of Jim's stuff, and then I'm gonna call you back. Sounds good. <laughs> seen a seen a few. Okay. Actually, this is where you should plug some of your stuff for reinforced and whatever else you got going. Of course, with the electronic uh, yeah. saviors, you go for it, and then uh, we'll call him back here in a second. Okay. Go ahead. It's all you. All right. This is uh, Jim Simonic, and I guess it's plug time. It is. So. Uh, Oh, wow, Eric really wants to talk some more. <laughs> yeah. Hey, oh, he's back. You wouldn't even let Jim plug his stuff. Uh, no, I I'm going to I'm going to plug my stuff real quick, Eric. Please uh, do. Cuz I have stuff coming out. Um okay, uh I guess the next thing uh well we just released the boxed warning record that's Chase Dudley from uh who uh co-produced the Electronic Saviors Comps. He has a uh, an album called Magnifier. I gave Dave here a copy of it. I'm very uh, excited about this. Uh, I love free it's, stuff. It's a cool record. Um, Even though I know, still I, buy my CDs, dude, I still buy them, and you he, know that. He does. He, he sells does. Them to me. Um, he bought a copy of the reinforced X amount. Oh yeah. Um, but, you have like uh, a job or something? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do okay. Um, we are releasing on WT2 in September. We're putting out a double CD of remixes and a couple cover songs. Um, we had uh, Imperative Reaction, um, Christ Analog, uh, or Wade Allen, as he prefers to be called. <laughs> I don't think he digs the Christ Analog thing anymore. Um, Isn't it Father? Is it Father Wade Allen? Father now? Wade Allen, Father of Two. Uh, uh, who else? Uh, Ego Likeness did Stiff Valentine uh, and Death Proof, both of uh, Chris's projects. Um, Inertia from the UK, uh, oh, Dissector yeah, from Atlanta. Um, we have just an amazing amount of uh, remixers on this thing. Um, did I say Ego Likeness yet? I don't think so. Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah, uh, oh did. I did. Uh, well. <laughs> Steve would want me to mention him twice. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, 
you know, there's there's just a bunch. And we actually, I did a uh, a cover song, and Eric, you might dig this because uh, uh, I've heard from people that have heard it so far that it's better than the original. But I got together with Eric Eldridge from Interface and Dan Clark, and we did a cover of Butterfly Wings from Machines of Love Get and Grace. out! And it's That's going cool. to be on there. And uh, uh, Bart and Dave have heard it. Uh, and really liked it. So um, when do I get to hear it? Uh, you have to wait, man. Oh. You gotta, it's being mastered right now. But uh, we I, hate I my also show. did. I hate it. I also did a cover with uh, with Dan and Donna from uh, uh, Dan Clark and uh, Donna Lynch uh, from Ego Likeness of uh, Eddie Money's "Take Me Home Tonight," and that's that's <laughs> nice. actually that's actually currently uh, digital. Uh, that single uh, for Dichotomy off of X Amount was released uh, digitally last year and we're including those tracks and that was a b-side on one of the tracks because we want people to have a physical butterfly uh, yeah butterfly wings was a, a high point um of, Love of that, that. it's i'm really proud of it and you know i gotta give credit where credit's due because dan did an amazing mix down and really rad guitar work on there and uh uh jimmy kukas did a remix uh from ice and tilla uh for us um and uh yeah, it's it's just a collection of remixes. It's going to be two discs called Pre-existing Conditions, <laughs> and it will be out in September. Um, and then I really gotta, I guess, put my nose to the grindstone and get Electronic Saviors three done yeah. uh, before Thanksgiving, uh, so it can come out this time next year. So I I can do the festival circuit and maybe vend. I can't wait to hear um, two. I'm still uh, behind. Oh yeah, dude. I can't wait. It'll take you forever to listen to. Uh, it. Yeah, <laughs> How long did it take you, Eric? <laughs> oh god. <laughs> <laughs> he's still he's still trying. Uh, All right, Eric. But yeah, that's those those are my <laughs> those are my plugs. It's definitely your turn, Eric. You got to plug some stuff, man. Yeah, I think you know, we got the you know the festival and the, the documentary, the new record, and, and also the Iron Lung Corp thing coming out. And uh, well, where do folks find Sixteen Volt right now? New folks. I mean, I would just go to our website, sixteenvolt.com. <laughs> if, if you're in Pittsburgh, you can go to Ides. I have all the records yeah, yeah. there. <laughs> go, go find yeah, Jim. Yeah. <laughs> we're one. We're one of the few uh, stores that Metropolis does a direct account with. So. Uh, uh, yeah, I uh, I order from those guys all the time. They're they're awesome guys. Well, you had mentioned earlier that you know we had stuff go out of print. Yeah. Uh, so were... one thing we did do last year was Metropolis picked up yeah. our whole back catalog. I remember that. So we've got all of our pieces now back available. You can buy them from Metropolis, or you can buy them from us directly. They have bonus tracks. Oh. They do have bonus tracks. Yeah, and also remembered. What was that? So, you know, wisdom sounds incredible. Oh, okay. Remastered. Oh, yeah, yeah. the remaster. Yeah. yeah, fantastic. Yeah, you're fading out there, man. But I guess it is time to say goodnight. Yeah, I is hate it? to say goodbye. We really, I mean, we could do this all night, but I we, know that's the thing, right? Yeah, we got to work on something together sometime, Eric. You should. Well, uh, you know, next year we've got some tours that we want to get going, and uh, we got Sabres three. It'll happen. Awesome. All right, buddy. Well, um, I'll let Dave do the technical stuff because I don't know how to do that. Yeah, unfortunately, we got to say goodnight <laughs> now. Um, Eric Powell, 16 Volt. Jim Simonic, also known as Jim Simtac. Um, great to have you guys. I mean, 16 Volt reinforced in the house. 
You guys are always welcome back. I mean, anytime. I mean, anytime you want to do this. It's a matter of you two getting together and having the time. So you guys figure that one out for next time. <laughs> I've been dating Eric for a long time now. <laughs> From a we have a text relationship. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. Take care. All right. Good it's night, Eric. Hey, thanks again, man. And oh, wait. You know what? Wait. You guys need to pick a 16-volt song we're going to play. And a, a reinforced song. Okay. Um, You're on the spot, both of you. Eric, you first. Oh, uh, let's see. It's good. Do you, so, I don't know, what kind of mood are you guys in? I'm always in an aggressive mood. I'm so. always depressed. Wow, now you really have it. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, man. Uh, how are about you? some off the last record? Uh, 666, that's always a good one. That is a favorite. Okay, and that's, yeah, kind of aggressively depressed, right? That's good. Yeah, right? that's yeah. good. Okay, we, yeah, we like that. All right, and Reinforced, what are we going to play? We're going to start uh, off with a Reinforced song. So. Or, you know, actually... You know, I might rec- I might receive that real quick. Oh, you could play. Uh, let's see. Sorry, I don't to steal your time. No, 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 you're fine, man. Uh, uh, fuck. <laughs> I might have that one. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm trying to. Is that fucking, a remix? Um, I only know the lyrics. I'm just the lyrics in my head are going right now, but I can't remember the name of the damn song. <laughs> That's really funny. I don't feel so bad. <laughs> um, Which go I ahead, Jim. Come back. Um, you can play Dichotomy from Big Time. XML. That's one of my favorites on that one. Oh yeah, yeah, I like that one a lot. All right, well, that's oh, well, I'll figure it out from there. You guys, thanks again for this. It was a lot of fun. We're gonna do it again, I hope. And uh, good luck to you out there, Eric. And please don't be a stranger. Play become your nun. You, you want a cummerbund? What? No, play become your nun off American porn. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I couldn't resist. All right. You have a good night, man. Thanks you again. You take care. Jim, I'll, I'll text you those nude pictures later tonight. Word. Jesus Christ. <laughs> what kind of show is this, anyway? I hate my show. All right. Wait, wait. Where's the question from uh, Heather? Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, Jesus. Uh, who's your favorite character from Pee Wee's Playhouse? All right. You guys have a good night. <laughs> Thanks, man. All right, we'll talk to you later. Take care. Good night. Good night. <laughs> Sorry, Heather. I'm picking it apart while the pieces are left. As I disintegrate into my own little raft. Sifting through the fragments because there's oceans of loss. Sorting through the ashes and the particles lost. My determination is all I have here. Gripping to illusions all Just finish it off. You finish it off. There's a place where you get where you've had just enough. There's a point where you take more than you ever should have There's a day where you come to the face of the end Where you realize you should have never begun There's a place in your head where the people are dust And the beauty of life is you have no the trust You can see what they heard and juggle in the So the question becomes not if but when Finish it all
I have some Lucello, okay? Okay, well, let's settle that. Hey there, fabulous souls. I'm Stephanie Baklaan. And I'm Eden Alpert. And we're the hosts of the brand new podcast, Unapologetically Fab. Get ready to join us on an amazing and real journey as we dive into life after 40 and own it. We're all about changing the narrative, leaning into who you are, and living a life by your own design. Join us as we embrace life unapologetically and redefine success. This is Unapologetically Fab. An electric cast production. See you there. Electric cast. Welcome to Ringside with Ray and Prince. My name is Ray Leonard Jr. Oh, is that my name is Prince Daniels Jr. Daniels again with a big home. On this show, we come to humanize athletes, entertainers, business executives. We're going to see what makes them tick. Tuesdays, 10 a.m. Pacific time on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and wherever you get your podcast. We'll see you there. Peace and power. Electric acid. Electric acid.